You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm the founder of Scottish Football Forums and I'm joined by Chris. Good evening, Chris. Good evening. Just Hello. the two of us tonight. Hello. I like to confuse people by saying things like that. Good evening. Because see, whenever <laughs> I listen to a podcast and I hear somebody say that and it's the morning, it confuses me. I was listening to one earlier and it's exactly the same. I started with good evening because they recorded it. I was thinking it was about lunchtime. <laughs> it's very bizarre. So I like to slip that in. Yeah, so this week it's just me and you. Aye. Aye. No, uh, no Greg, no Laurie. Any uh, excuses from them? Uh, well, Laurie said he's having a romantic night in with his boyfriend. He's something planned. I don't know what it was. A romantic meal or something. Candles, that kind of thing. An episode of Glee, I think. I, I don't know. And Greg, nah, he was, he was busy painting. He should have been just giving that a miss because it's Scottish Cup for a semi-final weekend. And well, we're out of it some time ago. In fact, so was, so was Laurie's hearts. Uh, Rangers <laughs> were hardly in it. <laughs> Well, somebody's got to host the podcast. I, I suppose I. <laughs> Can't just be me talking to myself. We could do that one week. <laughs> do you agree? I, I agree. I agree. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> right. As you say, the Scottish Cup weekend just passed. We had the, the semi-final, so of course we're going to talk about that. The charity bet, as usual. We'll make our SPL predictions. And, well, there's a bit about reconstruction today there was the vote so we'll touch up on that I'm sure and obviously the SFL we can't forget about that especially since I went to a Rangers game but we'll start on Saturday and it was Falkirk against Hibs in the Scottish Cup semi-final and unfortunately I didn't get to see much of it live because I was driving to Ibrox to see Rangers so I've only seen the highlights but it sounds as if I, I missed a really good game Absolutely cracking game. I mean, I, because uh, the, the Celtic game was on the Sunday, I was able to sit in the house and watch it. Uh, it was on BBC and Sky, bizarrely. I think I opted for Sky. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody expected uh, the game to go as it did. The Falk up taking a, a, an early lead was certainly a, a, a good build up for the game, of course. It was, uh, it was, uh, Craig Sibbald, I think, got the first goal. It was a good. Uh, Good build-up play for a composed finish. But then when uh, Falkirk took a two-goal lead, thanks to Jay Fulton's header, as Hibs didn't clear a set-piece, it was starting to look like it might be Falkirk's day. And of course, when they made it 3-0, thanks to uh, Blair Olsen falling and Wild Taylor's effort, and this was just uh, about half an hour into the game, that was everybody thinking Falkirk were through already, and some of the Hibs fans started to leave Hamden. That's what I heard. In the, <laughs> I was listening on the radio on the way through to Glasgow, and I was hearing that the fans were leaving. Unbelievable. 30 minutes, come on. You've got, to, you've got to have even just a wee glimmer of hope that you can turn it round. And from what I heard in the highlights, Hibs weren't playing badly. It was just some defensive mistakes that really led to the three goals. Aye. I mean, it was pretty even as far as the the, the play was going, but Falkirk were just taking the chances that came to them. And they were just, the, the Hibs defending was pretty horrific, to be honest. And I think, I'm guessing the Hibs fans that got up and left after half an hour thinking, oh, I'm not sitting here watching an R5-1 like they did in the, the Scottish Cup final on the last trip to Hamden. So I can sort of understand why they might have left, but I mean... On the other hand, I've never left football in my life early, and I'm never going to because this is the kind of thing that happens. Exactly, I one of the one of the great comebacks in Scottish football in recent yeah. times, definitely. 
I mean, it's it's funny to think back on it now, and there was a one on one at three 0 with Lyle Taylor for Falkirk, on, uh, which Ben Williams managed to save. And now you're thinking back and going, how crucial was that save? Yes. Never thought it at the time. Yeah. I mean, he, there was even another one where uh, Taylor was flagged for offside when he was a good couple of yards on, which might have been uh, another chance. But then we saw what Taylor did with a one on one, so who knows if uh, Williams might have saved that as well. Yeah, I did like Jay Fulton's header. I'm a big fan of stooping down low and doing a header when most people would kick it. I've scored a goal myself when the ball was maybe two yards off the, the ground. Well, not a yard off the ground, really. Just, just a, a, It's not really a diving header. It was a kind of lie-downing header. <laughs> one, one of my favourite goals when I was at school was um, came in the, the League Cup final in 1990. And it was Celtic Rangers. And Paul Elliott stooped down to header in a, a shot from... Darius Vidovchik that was going wide and Elliot knocked it into the net with his head. It was about three feet off the ground when he headed it. Brilliant. I remember that for years and Elliot was always a, a big hero of mine after that. Uh, unfortunately, Rangers went on and won the cup, but <laughs> it's just it's those kind of memories that make your childhood, I think. Even though we lost, it was it was a good way to kind of stamp a hero in my heart, you know? Yeah. So it was the second half. Was it Alec Harris scored the first goal? Tonight? Aye, but before that, Hibs were denied a penalty. I mean, it was a, a pretty much a stone waller, to be honest. It was just a clumsy challenge for a Falkirk player. Did look and, it. Um, I looked a stone waller. But uh, yeah, I mean, a terrific goal for Alex Harris, pulling one back. Uh, keeper maybe could have done better with it, but uh, the replay showed a wee bit of a nick off Darren Dodge in the way in. So. Aye, it was slight. It was, kind of, yeah. it was enough to probably just take it away from him and so his effort to push it over the bar wasn't quite enough and all I did was push it into the corner of the net. And then uh, Falkirk must have thought their luck was in when they, despite conceding a penalty for another clumsy challenge, it was uh, Lee Griffiths had a penalty saved. And uh, if, that, if that was good, then the, it was a follow-up from Owen Doyle that uh, he saved afterwards. It was absolutely fantastic. It wasn't just a good save, it was such a strong hand as well. Yeah. Because I could yeah, I mean, I mean, I, bundled under. I, I mean, I don't think Doyle did anything wrong with what he went in. I mean, he went chasing in after that, got there as quickly as he could and tried to put it under the keeper before he could get down, but it was a, a good flick away. Yeah, Griffiths wasn't too happy, but then I suppose that's almost what you want in a player. Aye, but yeah, uh, just want your strikers to be a bit greedy, I think. Yes. But then Griffiths did score for Hibs, and uh, it was a good build-up play with that as well, thanks to a, a wonderful pass from McGovern to Harris again. I thought Harris was uh, certainly a, a big... A big uh, factor in Hibs turnaround. But then uh, it's about 3 2, about 15 minutes to go. So you think um, Hibs have got plenty of time to get the, the equaliser, and they did that when Owen Doyle fired in through outside the box. Don't think it was exactly a great strike, certainly not with power wise, but it was, it was accurate enough to beat uh, the Falkirk goalkeeper. And uh, after that, you kind of think it's probably going to be Hibs day because you don't go 3 0 up and then get clawed back to 3 each. Especially when you've got such a young team. They're just not going to be used to playing at Hamden, for one. And then things like that happening. You just you need the experience. You need people like Dodds to really kind of keep his team going. And I don't know, the, the ages that I was hearing were all like 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds. And it's just, it's difficult to take. It did make me funny. Yeah, it did make me. I did find it extremely funny that they kept saying, "Oh, the, the youth of the Falkirk team." And pretty much every time they did it, the Sky would, camera would then cut to uh, Darren Dodge, who's about thirty-seven or something. Yes, yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's uh, dragging the average age of Falkirk up quite a bit. So when was Griffith's goal? It was that was called offside because it was the difficult first to half tell. Half of extra time. We'd, we'd right, extra time by the time we put the ball in it, and. Uh, 
I think uh, probably the comedy moment of the weekend was when uh, Andy Walker was claiming on uh, Sky that Griffiths was uh, slightly offside because his hand was offside. You know, uh, I'm not sure about the offside rule. You'll probably be able to correct me on this one, but surely if you can't play it with your hand, you're not offside. Yep, correct. That's it. It's got to be something that you can touch the ball with, really. Like your, your foot, your knee, anything like that, you you can't can't be your hand, can't be your arm. So I, so I don't know why he's thinking that, because you think that he would have read the, the rule book. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the, the same linesman about 15 minutes later then had a, another poor decision when Wild Taylor was in on goal again. Uh, Williams did save it, but the replay showed him a good yard or so offside when the ball got played through to him. So uh, I don't think that linesman exactly covered himself in glory. But uh, if there was any glory to be had, it was Lee Griffiths on a, a terrific strike to win the match from outside the box, curled it into the, the far corner and 4-3 and Hibs are into the final. That was a bullet, a shot. I do like a, a celebration like that when he went up and, and gave the, the corner flag a wee dig. Didn't he do anything to him, but he still gave it a wee dig. Just show him who's boss. I always think the corner flags get picked on by these players. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people punch him, I've seen people kick him, I've seen people pick him out of the ground and wave them about. I've seen people dance at them. In, uh, Roger Muir in the I was going to mention his name. Oh, aye. Everybody knows him. Classic, yeah. Aye. <laughs> Although there'll be some younger folk listening going, who's that? Because he was pretty old when I remember him. He was maybe 40. Aye, he was, aye, he was about 40 when he played in the, the Italia 90, which is now, what, 23 years ago? I was only eight back then. Mm. Aye, back to Griffith's goal. I thought there was a defender moved out of the way. I know it's a hard shot, but you've got to take take one for the team. Aye, it's one of those... You should stand your ground, but oh, your instinct is kind of... I'm getting out of the way of this thing flying towards me. Aye, it's easy for me to say as I'm sitting, <laughs> sitting in my kitchen. <laughs> I mean, I was doing exactly... Was it last season? Kyle ducked on the line when there was a, a goal in Europe. I remember that, yes. I it was, was it Udinese, maybe? But I can't yeah. remember, but I can remember, yeah. It was a European goal, Kyle ducked on the line. So, uh, <laughs> that was never quite... Uh, I can't really criticise him because I think I'd probably adopt as well. <laughs> That's why I'm not a professional footballer. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's, it's keepers, how they, they run out uh, to an attacker and they spread themselves and they're just basically opening their entire body up to punishment if the, yeah. the striker hits them. And what's happened to me before, a shot's come in and well, it's, it's caught me in the, the wrong place. It was a save. And I managed to grab the ball, but I punted it away as quick as possible because I knew the sickness was coming. And then right. I subbed myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to have a certain kind of madness to be a goalkeeper. I don't know why they don't wear things like, you know, in cricket you get the cup. Yeah. I don't know why uh, they don't do yeah. that because some shots, like I would, if Ronaldo was ready to take a shot, and there's no way I'd be spread myself. I'd be saying, right, OK, there'll be one hand that can make the save and then the other hand's going to save something else. Well, I mean, yeah, that's why I'm more likely to be found in the wall <laughs> covering myself than I am in the goalkeeper position. Oh, that's another thing when you're in the wall and then uh, you always see the attacker claiming for handball and you're like, come on, I was trying to, I was trying to cover <laughs> myself up. Because <laughs> I've been in a wall where people have been knocked off their feet because the ball's hit them on the head. Yeah. And this that wasn't from somebody who could hit the ball as hard as like Roberto Carlos, for example. Aye. Aye, true. Well, we all remember it was a Murdo McLeod. Yes. <laughs> he gets sparked out with a free kick in exactly that position. Yeah. Well, it was oh, was it Alan Smith against the Liverpool defender who went to Fulham? 
Recent. Uh, yes. And he had a free kick and he came out and tried to, Smith tried to block it and he ended up breaking his leg. The shot was that hard. No. Uh, Risa could fair hit that shot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, is he still at Fulham nowadays? I don't know. Must be some age. I, so. I don't think he's at Fulham anymore. But if he has, I've certainly not seen him. If only I had something in front of me that could work this out, right? Well, about that internet or something like that. I think that's <laughs> what you might call it. <laughs> Just checking of a look. Aye, <laughs> plays for Fulham. Is he still at Fulham? So says Wikipedia. Oh, well. I know, Wikipedia's always up to date with these things. So. Oh, wait a minute. He's only 32. Is he? Aye. John Arnold Aye, born in 1980. Oh, I, I really thought he was quite old. So did I, well. <laughs> <laughs> must be quite young at Liverpool, because he was here a few years ago now. Shows how much we know. When was he at Liverpool? Between 2001 and 2008. Yeah, so I mean, that's what, five years ago now, 2008. So, he's been away a while. But he must have left when he was 27, so... Aye. Oh, well. <laughs> it's just so much expert we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Scottish football, we focus on ah, yeah, so alright. Aye. We can pretend well, we're not The only thing I know that. about John Arnold was when he played for uh, Liverpool against Celtic in the UEFA Cup. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there was a Scottish football link after all. Yep. <laughs> Aye, so that, that's Hibs in the final. Everyone's going to talk yeah. about the 111-year wait. Yep. The tram photo's going to come out, especially with them testing out the trams now. The one with the, the horse-drawn tram. It's a race, isn't it? To see what happens first. Hibs breaking their hoodoo or uh, the trams getting done in Edinburgh. I think Hibs might break their hoodoo, even if they last an hour 50 years. <laughs> Don't trust those trams. <laughs> you can't complain, though. Two, two cup finals in, in a row. Yeah. I mean, I, they're, they're the first team other than Celtic Rangers to make consecutive cup finals since Dundee United in the 80s. Unfortunately for Dundee United, they lost both of them. Lost to St Mirren in 87 and Celtic in 88. Which probably brings us nicely on to the, the second semi-final of the weekend. Oh, that's almost as if it's scripted. No! Goal, cool. right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Dundee United against Celtic. And uh, Celtic, as just as they did 12 months ago, went into the semi-final knowing Hibs were waiting in the final for them. And of course, 12 months ago, they lost to Hearts and went they set up the, the Edinburgh Derby. But uh, it was a different story this time because uh, Dundee United were there with uh, Jackie McNamara in charge who'd only lost one game since taking over. And uh, that was the Celtic, unfortunately, when they lost 6-2 at Celtic Park. But uh, they were they were well up for it, both teams, which was good to see. And um, Celtic got off to a flying start, scoring in 90 seconds, thanks to Chris Commons. Terrific strike from outside the box. I love the slow motion replay on uh, Sky where it showed the... Uh, the bend in it is just exactly how well he placed it as well because it hit the, the, the side of the net before it hit the back of the net. It was it was amazing how good a strike he got when he lost his footing while yeah, making I, the shot. It, it looked as if he was about to be shut down as well, so I think he, he maybe rushed it a wee bit and that's why he lost his footing, but it worked for him. It was a, a cracking strike. Yep. But then uh, I think we'll be digging out the rule book again here because there was a, a pass back given against Fraser Forster when the, the ball was played back to him and he, he looked as if he was trying to keep the ball in play instead of going for a corner. So uh, he stopped it on the line and because he'd handled it, the referee gave a, an indirect free kick. Now, what confused me at the time, because I wasn't sure of the rules, was uh, the referee then brought it back onto the six-yard line. Yep. And apparently that's correct. Yes, it is. Uh... That's you need to bring it back to the six yard line and just really level to to where it went out. I guess it, we were discussing this earlier, and I think we mentioned that it's probably because it it stops you getting a free kick right on the goal line. Yeah. And the the bizarre 
scenario that would lead to. Aye, the players need to be 10 yards away, but then obviously the goal line stops that, so they're allowed to be closer if they stand there. But mm. something you don't see. It's It's been a long, long time since I last seen a pass back given because normally keepers either kick the ball away or if they pick it up, the referee normally just lets it go because it's, it's almost too much hassle giving that free kick inside the box. And, well, it's so difficult to score as well because if you're, if you're at that six-yard line, then... It's indirect as well, so you can't just hit it straight. And we see when it's a normal free kick when the players are 10 yards away that they close down the, the attacker when the ball's laid off to them. So when it's so close, it's just so difficult to score. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've actually seen it, and I'm fairly sure it was at Hamden as well. I can't remember who the opposition was, but Celtic got a pass back given uh, for them. Uh, so they had the free kick your role to Sean Maloney, who fired the ball into the top of the roof of the net, which was, uh, it was a fantastic strike, and it was about as expert as you could with the the position they were in. So I have seen I have seen a goal scored for that. Ah, that's what I was going to say. You have but, um, you should really lift it and yeah. Uh, to be fair, Dun United tried to do that with the with theirs. They, they, they rolled it across, and I think it was I think maybe Rankin that fired it in towards the, the goal, but uh, unfortunately for him, Effie Ambrose took it full in the chest. Which uh, sparked him out a bit, but play went on and Celtic managed to scramble it clear, and it was a uh, it was well defended, I think. But um, it wasn't long before Dundee United were level, uh, and it came after a great chance for Michael Lustig, who uh, with a header hit the post from about three yards out. Trying to be too precise. Yeah, I mean it was a cracking cross for Zagiri, but uh, I don't know how Lustig managed to miss. But that was uh, then quickly followed up by. Uh, well, I'll start off with the the Celtic move, which ended when Ledley appeared to be pushed by John Rankin just before the uh, United broke up the park. And uh, John Daly was able to get there before Kelvin Wilson, which eventually sent Dun United 2-on-1 with F.A. Ambrose and a wonderful bit of quick passing. Eventually meant that Gary McKay-Steven could curl the ball in for an equaliser. Now, I say Ledley pushed Rankin, it was probably a wee bit soft. I know we were certainly rolling for it at the time, but... He was eased off the ball. I think was probably Aye. the best way to put it. I was when I was watching it. I was just thinking that there's too many passes, too many passes. Don't pass it back. It's almost as if was it gold that didn't want to take the shot on. But looking at the replays, he did, he made the right choice because he, he set up quite a, a straightforward goal with that pass. Yeah. But uh, just to be fair, I thought I thought the, the the immediate pass back from gold took Ambrose out of it entirely because mm-hmm. Ambrose looked like he was maybe going to try and judge between the two of them and as soon as they passed it that quickly it just Ambrose got tied in knots and that gave Mackay Stephen the, the clear shot at goal when he finished it well Oh he's got the qualities there's a lot of talk about him going to Celtic I think it's more Celtic fans wanting him rather than anything being in the rumour yeah, but he's definitely a talent Yeah I, mean, I, I certainly I'm well impressed with Mackay Stephen although I thought he did go down a bit early a bit easily in the next couple of incidents because um, there was one where when Yama seemed to bundle into him in the penalty area now, having not given the Ledley push, I'm not going to say this was a penalty, to be fair. But uh, I think Mackay Stephen maybe went down a wee bit easily. He did get a free kick just shortly thereafter outside the box, from a, which was another sort of soft one. But uh, this time we had uh, a free kick come in from the uh, edge of the, the penalty area to the side, and John Daly was there to head into the net. Now, this goes back to what we said earlier, because I think John Daly was slightly offside, but it was only his arm, so he's just yes. onside. Yes, and also we need to bear in mind that the benefit the doubt is given to the striker if they're in line. That's a very difficult thing to uh, uphold because 
how is a linesman going to see if somebody is exactly on line? When is a player going to be exactly in line? But yeah, in that incident, it was definitely it was his arm, and I, I yeah. would say he was he was onside. Yeah, I think in this case, what we were saying earlier about the the Wee Griffiths one, but he was just to be offside because of his arm was uh, <laughs> was probably the wrong decision in this case. Daly was judged to be onside because it was only it was only his arm that was offside, so he couldn't play it with his arm, and therefore it's a a perfectly good goal. So that gave Dundee United a two-one lead. And then, of course, Celtic cut back just a minute later as Mackay Stephen, who'd uh, played so well up until this point, fell asleep. Allowed Izzagiri in behind, and another terrific cross from him. This time was met by Victor Wanyama, who headed into the net, which was a bit too easy for him, to be honest. It was uh, a, bit of, a bit of sleeping from Dun United just after taking the lead. Uh, but uh, that was pretty much it for the first half. So we'll move into the second half, and uh, <laughs> a bizarre third goal for Celtic, because the ball came in again from the... Izzagiri, I think it was. It was certainly for his side. It was and because uh, aye, aye, he managed to... The the defender just went running right past him, didn't he? And Izzagiri turned it onto his right foot and then I think he, he decided to put it back on his left foot. He had that much time after the defender had committed himself. Yep. So he fired on the cross and it looked as if it was going to go into Hooper but just managed to head over his head. <laughs> Only to hit... Chris Commons behind him, who knew nothing about it, and it rolled into the net because not even the keeper was expecting it to come off Commons. Now, I didn't realise it at the time, but apparently it hit Chris Commons on the arm. Yep. Now, would you give handball for this one? Because personally, I'm thinking what she meant to do was I'm cut it off. <laughs> would I have given <laughs> handball at the time? No. Definitely not. Again, it's is this in the rules? Uh, I mean, it's certainly not a deliberate handball. I think his arm's at his side. He doesn't know anything about it, it just hits him. Well, so, there's nothing in the rules that says that yep. uh, you're not allowed to, the ball's not allowed to hit off your hand or your arm and you, you, you must stop play. There's things you need to take into consideration if you're talking about a handball, but the ball is allowed to hit your arm and play is allowed to continue, so you're allowed to score a goal with your hand. But the, the thing is, I'll read out the rule just so we can be clear. Handling the ball involves a deliberate act of a player making contact with the ball with his hand or arm. Right In this instance, it wasn't deliberate. No. Uh, but then there's a bit of interpretation in this because the referee must take the following into account. The movement of the hand towards the ball, the distance okay. between the opponent and the ball, uh, in brackets, unexpected ball, which it was definitely unexpected. Yep, as you expect Hooper to get it, I think. Yep. The position of the hand does not necessarily mean there is an infringement, which... I guess that says that if his hand was up in the air in an unnatural position, then that doesn't necessarily mean it's a mm. handball. I think we've discussed that one a few times, actually, because yes. that's always the, the argument with the pundits, is they say, oh, it's in an unnatural position, therefore it should be a handball, which isn't actually in the rules. Yes, it's many different things. Yeah, I, I think uh, from hearing that, it sounds like there's nothing wrong with the Chris Collins goal then. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's hit him, it's at his side, it's just... <laughs> bad luck I think from Dundee United's perspective I mean it was almost a surprise for the keeper as well because he just wasn't expecting that to happen and he tried to claw it off the line I think oh, I think he clawed it from about two yards behind the line onto the post and then back into the net again so yep. there was never any doubt about that goal being given yeah. but uh, once again about, can I talk yeah? about the a funny aspect of this rule and I mention this quite often on the podcast, so I'll be boring a few people, but hopefully somebody finds it interesting. But it's a handball if you 
uh, if you throw an object and it hits the ball. For example, oh, yeah, if you take yeah. off your boot and you throw that and it hits the ball, handball. If you what? do a shin guard, handball. That, this is a question though. Like, if you hit it with an object, but it was say your boot and it flew off because your shoelace wasn't tight enough and you never touched it with your hands, is that not a handball? Oh no, it's, you have to throw so it. You have to throw it, right? Okay. But then you might be able to be penalised because you've not got the correct. Uh, I want to call it uniform, but there's a better term than that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, th- I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's, there's a little bit mal- like, like sort of equipment malfunction or equipment, something. Equipment. That's a better <laughs> word than uniform. <laughs> I like uniform, because that's, that's an old school kind of term for the, the kit. Aye, next we're talking about tights. No, stockings it was they called. Uh, stockings. Aye, back in the day. That always reminds me of the, the picture of the Rangers team back in the the la, in the last century, well, t- two centuries ago, actually. You know, when they were <laughs> the all in white? Century. Yeah. Aye. Uh, they looked more like they were dressed for cricket, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know, because they're, 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 they've got early pictures like that as well. It's, it's, uh, it's certainly changed days. <laughs> yes. Hey, but, um, I yeah, but I mean... Sorry, Chris, but I'm, sorry. I'm going to carry on. <laughs> no, nope, uh, There's compulsory equipment that a player must have. Uh, you must have uh, a jersey or shirt with sleeves, so you're not allowed to wear a vest. Shorts, uh, stockings, shin guards and footwear, so you're not allowed to be like the guy out the Hurricanes and, and go bare feet. Go bare feet. <laughs> We used to be able to, uh, the shin pads were optional for a while. I'm surprised that shin guards are yeah, mandatory. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, because shin pads are mandatory now, and obviously they used to wear what, pretty much the cricket kind of guards mm-hmm. back in the the 19th century. But in between, there was, there was certainly a period, like, I don't think Jimmy Johnson wore shin guards much, which for a guy who used to get kicked up and down the park is a, a bit of a surprise. Well, a lot of pacey players nowadays just use, use the, the really small shin guards you know the ones without the ankle? Yeah. It's just because yeah. it gives you more movement. Yeah, I've always had the ankle ones. Aye, I'm, just, I'm just scared. Aye, yeah. I'm scared and weak. I'm like Walter the softy. So <laughs> I like to be protected. Uh, okay, so we'll go back to the game. And it was 3-2 uh, to Celtic when uh, Commons had another great chance to make it 4-2. It was a, a, a long ball at the park which Hooper popped out of the air and then played across the Commons. And somehow... It looked like that. I mean, from my angle, I thought it was going in, but the, the keeper managed to get a leg to it and kept it out. And for the second time in the game, just after Celtic had a chance to make a, a two-goal lead, Dundee United equalised. Now, there was a slight offside in the build-up to the, the, the United goal when Gary McKay-Stevens went by ahead of the defence, but I think it was tight enough that we we'll we'll give the linesman the benefit of the doubt here. And uh, he fired in a great cross for Daly, who was completely unmarked. As yet again, Celtic were undone by a ball to the back post, which is exploiting Izaguirre's weakness. And Daly's header went in off the post. So that was three each for the second to semi-final of the weekend. It was a good header. It was a cracking header. Yeah. It was floated in. When I watched it, I was wondering if Forster could have done more. I wonder if he thought it was going by the post or not, because he did see me watch it. And then you notice that when it hit the post, he almost dived to, to save it. He was, <laughs> he was wondering, oh, is it coming back at me or... Uh, it was an interesting one, but I you know, it's accurate. It reminded me of you remember Larson's goal in the UEFA Cup final, two thousand three, the first one. No, it was a it was a long ball into the box and it just headed it, and it's the only time I've ever seen somebody swerve a header <laughs> because initially the header looked like it was going to go past the post and it seemed to curl onto the post and then into the net, and it was the same kind of uh, was it Victor Bayer was the port, the portal keeper, he was completely stranded at that uh, goal, and I think uh, Fraser Foster looked exactly the same when they headed that. Yeah. So yeah, three each, and um, 
And we had a, a couple of bookings which kept, which will keep Victor Wanyama and Baram Kaya out of the final. I think the Kaya one was pretty interesting because when he clattered into Willow Flood, Flood lashed out at him. And having already been booked at that point, Willow Flood really should have been off the park if the, if the referee had seen it. But he was a lucky man, managed to stay on. i never seen uh, that, to be honest. But I was hearing today earlier, sorry, going off a tangent again, but Aguero got, got away with stamping on... Oh, who's the guy with the curly hair uh, that plays in the uh, holding role for Chelsea? Uh, Used to be a defender, but he now plays in the holding role. David, uh, Luis, Luis. Why? Why he got away with that? Very surprising. Oh, not... that. oh it's, it's, it's I heard about it. I heard it was, oh, it was one of these ones I'm hoping going to get picked up by the, the FA and they're a covenant of the the compliance officer. But uh, I Luis was that. was on the on the deck. They kind of. But they were kind of falling over and Aguero just uh, double stamped on them. Apparently the referee seen it and deemed it wasn't a red card so they can't do anything. Anyway. <sighs> hate that. So that, in this instance, if uh, if the referee seen it and dealt with it, then they can't do anything about it. I don't I don't think Flood got dealt with. I think it was just Kyle that got dealt with. So uh, th- there's maybe a debate there as to whether he dealt with the, the situation or not because I... I think he's dealt with Kyle's initial challenge, but I don't think he's seen Floods lashing out. So I don't know if they'll bother it, to be honest, because the United are out. It's going to be a, a suspension for the Scottish Cup next season or something, probably. Yeah. But uh, it was a good ending to the, the 90 minutes, though, because Celtic almost battered in a winner. There was some uh, good blocking from Dundee United, some shots from Charlie Mulgrew and James Forrest, which uh, took us to extra time. And then uh, Dundee United were unlucky when they hit the post through another John Daly header. And as soon as that fell, uh, it fell to Michael Gardine. And for a, a slight moment, I thought Michael Gardine was going to be that uh, former Celt coming back to haunt you. But fortunately, Foster blocked it on the line. And uh, Celtic were able to scramble it clear. And then went up the park himself. And thanks to a terrific James Forrest cross onto the head of Anthony Stokes, it was 4-3, well-attacked header. And uh, Celtic are in the final alongside Hibs. There's a uh, Samaras rounding the clock well, I thought, at the, the last few minutes of the game. Tell I don't you. think you've seen it in the highlights, unfortunately, because uh, they seem to chuck it after Stokes' goal. <laughs> yes, oh, I can imagine what Samaras is like. It. I've not seen a player like him. The way he can he can be in control of the ball and yet be so far away from it. Yeah. It just Even back in his Man City days, it was always something that stood out for me. It's frustrating as a... Uh, uh, an opposing fan because you're you're watching him thinking how can how can he be doing this this isn't he right he's nowhere near the ball but he knows what he's doing he's a perfect guy for that kind of thing no oh, he's, he's uh, I'm trying to think of the other game it was I think it was a Spartak Moscow game this season it was him and uh, Lassad it was pretty much a, a spitting image <laughs> Samaras to be fair the two of them must have wasted about 5-10 minutes in the corner at that, the last uh, few minutes of that game it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and I think that helped get us into the, the last 16 of the Champions League thanks to that. Ah, he's got a lovely head of hair as well. And his <laughs> head and shoulders. Head and shoulders. I have the, the YouTube advert. <laughs> I th- see, I think that one's better than the one you get in the UK because it's, what, is it Joe Hart? Ah, it's, That's just it's, rubbish. Joe Hart doesn't have any hair to start with. Ah, see, you can tell why Samaras was chosen for that, but yeah. aye, Joe Hart's just silly. Surely they must have been able to find somebody that was uh, one of the British players that could have some set ahead of here. Savage would have been good for that. Robbie Savage, that's a, good, that's a great shoot. <laughs> am I going to put this in the, when I do my wee blurb about the podcast, am I going to mention that we talk about footballers with nice long hair? 
Yep, I think we should. <laughs> right, I'm struggling to think. Uh, Kenija would be really good. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's all, I mean, Fellaini has to be in there. Oh, I don't know. Does he use head and shoulders? He's got to have really something specialist. Don't. That's got to be a specialist because he has <laughs> big hair. He, need, he needs the volume. Yeah, L'Oreal, something like that. Aye. <laughs> Pantene Pro V. Oh, dear. There was <laughs> <laughs> one other thing I wanted to mention for the, the Celtic game. Was, uh, I thought Neil Lennon spoke very well after the game. He was like, he was saying things like uh, it's great to talk about the football. Everyone wants to talk about all the other problems, but we don't create them. There's a lot of good people who want to do things right at, right for the game. People say the quality of football isn't great, but I go down the road and watch English games, and there's far better players playing here. Trust me. And he went on through the Dundee United team and said Ryan Gold looks a talent, Gary McKay Stevens a talent, John Suter played very well, I like Stuart Armstrong. He says Dundee United have got a, a rich vein of players coming through as have we. And then I thought he went on. When, he says I've got a player in James Forrest who could go on to be one of the Scottish greats no I'm not sure I agree with that but it was good to hear uh, it was good to hear somebody being positive about the Scottish game especially this weekend because I mean two two Scottish Cup semi-finals both went to three each after full time both been one four three in extra time and it's just been cracking entertainment especially if you're a neutral I mean I don't know if it was great for any of the the, the supporters of the four teams because I think they were all chewing their nails at some point <laughs> or the Hibs fans uh, went home Oh, they have fans at home. Ah, they I've wouldn't have enjoyed it. Kicking themselves after that. I hope. But they're guaranteed they'll get tickets to the final. Oh, aye, they shouldn't. There should be some kind of rule. They should. Uh, you'll have to have an hour. You'll not have to take it for the final. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve it. It's just like that Norwich fan who chucked the season ticket away after 22 minutes of the first game. The season. Oh, he, he should be banned for life. Aye, he serves you right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's uh, the Scottish Cup final on the 26th of May. It's going to be between Celtic and Hibs, and no doubt there'll be lots of people arguing what colours they should wear. Which, uh, of course, I would argue that they should both get to wear their home kits because I remember, I've seen the footage in the 1970s when like, Dixie Deans would score a hat trick against Hibs wearing green and white hoops, and Hibs would be wearing their, their green and white strip. So there's no reason for them to change whatsoever. <laughs> That's going to be confusing. It works. It, it actually does work. I don't see. I know people are used to it, and they'll probably find that both teams are made to change. Which I don't know how it's, they it's work. It's the fairest way to do it, but I mean, it's just annoying. You want your team to be in the, their home kit when they play in a, a domestic final, but well, who's going to be the the home team? Because they have to put somebody as a home team in the home dressing well, room. Thing. Well, this is what they did with, when we played. Was it Kilmarnock in the League Cup final last season? Mm-hmm. Both Celtic and Kilmarnock had to change, mm-hmm. so Celtic were in their white jammies or whatever that daft kit was and uh, come on up were in yellow mm-hmm. so I, I think they'll probably just end up doing that again so you'll probably find Celtic will be wearing the all black kit and Hibs will be wearing the all yellow kit although I'd quite like them to wear their uh, Celtic's 125th anniversary kit because the cup final comes two days before the 125th anniversary of Celtic's first ever game yeah that could be a good idea I'm not a big fan of that kit but then I do like that it's tradition and I like that they brought that back for that yeah. reason yeah, I mean, I, I, I prefer the black kit myself, but I, I think the, the 125th anniversary kit is quite smart. And I think just because it's so close to the date of the, the first ever Celtic game, that uh, I think it's, it seemed, it would be a fitting way to play, and it's certainly not going to clash with any uh, Hibs have got in their all yellow. In fact, I'd have to let Hibs play in their green if, if one of us had to change and we got to wear a 125th anniversary kit. I suppose you get people talking about the, the Rangers and the Celtic end at Hamden, and Celtic are always in the away dressing room anyway. <laughs> so they they could claim the the away rights. So they 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 play in the change kit. I, I, I need to check the rules exactly. See what I'm fairly sure that it's one of these. They both have to change kind of things. So. 
if we're going to have to change, it'd be nice to wear the, the sentimental kit. There was one other thing I thought I'd pick up on, though. Um, McBookie, I liked what they tweeted after the Celtic game, that if you'd had money on both final, semi-finals to finish three each at full time, it was 4,488 to one. Right. Did anybody have it, though? I don't think so. I'm not surprised. I always get some smart arse that comes on and says, oh, I had a tenner on that. Like, yeah, I had a tenner on something like that. Some long shot like that. So someday they had uh, four or five correct scores and they had something like a tenner on it. You're like, come on, eh? How often does that come in? How often? How much money have you thrown down the drain? I know. It's like you put a, a couple of quid on each time and eventually it comes in, but you find you've actually spent about 150 quid to win. That's it, aye. Right, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move on to charity bet because it sounded, again, as if this is scripted because you mentioned McBookie and they obviously give us a £10 charity bet. So, we had a bit of a different bet last week because normally we just go for a result, but Laurie tried to mix things up and he went for both teams to score and that was Elgin against Montrose and he gave a really good argument for doing that and he was right because that finished 3-2 I went lazy and I went for Queen of the South to beat Sunrar which they did 2-0 well, I think I went Partick Thistle yep to beat Airdrie United they went came they, from behind to win 2-1 two, 2-1 two, to keep up their challenge at the top which I'll maybe touch on later aye so we managed to get £22.79 back for that it's not massive but at least it's a, a win for charity yep Just always good, good. We'll need to start, penny couch. Yep, we need to start thinking about what charity we're going to give the money to. We'll maybe need to start something on the forum to discuss that. Just like a wee poll, that'd be good. Maybe we could give it to a poll, whatever nationality <laughs> you want. Right. Does that mean I get a cut? <laughs> That's a joke. All the money goes to charity. In case anybody's listening and I know. get worried then. Yep. <laughs> the money doesn't even come via me. It's that Mike Bookie at the moment. Yeah. They're looking after it. Yep. That'll be going to charity. He went to York Hill last yeah, year and I posted I'm, a confirmation letter on the forum. Yeah. It was good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of York Hill. So. Well, it's good that our Monday Night Nonsense can do some good. Yeah. <laughs> not just uh, entertaining us. <laughs> and uh, the other three listeners. <laughs> it's not just... <laughs> and now we're talking about Fan 10 Pro V and so on. And... <laughs> Who are the other three listeners anyways? I think it's Greg, Laurie and his boyfriend. I don't know, Laurie and his boyfriend's busy this week, so I don't know if they'll be listening. Uh, no, in fact, they better not be listening. That's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> they better just put on Barry White or something like that. Oh, dear. Right, because it's just <laughs> me and you doing the charity bet, I thought we'd pick a couple of games each. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's just to try and up the odds, because if we're just doing two games, and you know me, I'm always lazy, and I'm going to choose Queen of the South again. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to take Queenie South, aren't you? Yes. Queenie right. Queen South away, they're away to... Forfa. Forfa. Yeah, why not? All right, I will take Alwa away at East Fife. They're 5-6, to six. Queenie South are 4-6. to six. So, I um, think I'll go with Breakin at Albion Rovers as well. Let's stick to the second division. We'll Breakin at Albion Rovers on yep. Saturday because Albion Rovers are at Breakin on the Tuesday. Just to be oh, no, I'm talking about Saturday. <laughs> oh, that's confusing. I'm going to forget. Oh, no. let's, not, let's not do the Tuesday one, because that will just confuse my heart. Let's stick to the weekend. Yes. <laughs> so we'll have breaking at Albion Rovers on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I'm going to choose... I'm going to choose Queen's Park. 
So that's Brecon, Queenie South, Alloa, and Queen's Park. Where's Queen's Park playing? They're at home to East Stirling. They're 4 to 11. It's not brilliant. Ah, right. Uh, that's East Stirling that are almost just about bottom now. I think I was reading earlier. Right, so what are we going to call this? Are we going to call this an accumulator or are we going to go with the William Hill Acker? Which seems to be quite. No, let's call it accumulator. I hate all these short names. That's quite a new thing to me, Acker. Yeah, let's not call it that. That's ridiculous. That's just accumulator shortened. There's too much of that going on in the world these days. Well, see, I would call it an Aki. I just call it accumulator. <laughs> or a coupon. A coupon? Aye. Aye. Let's call it a coupon. <laughs> Keep things simple. Right. Okay, so that returns £76.39 if it comes back. And that's £10 bet courtesy of the good guys and girls at McBookie. I'm available for any online advertising if anyone needs it. Any voiceover work, I could turn my hand to anything. It's on some tenants, that tasty tenants. Give me more. (laughs) Do you want more bets? Ooh. Oh no, football is on. Oh, oh I love that guy. I hate that guy. Do you? <laughs> I, I can't stand him. He's <laughs> just annoying. <laughs> I, I think it, you know probably puts me off. It's that naked one with Cammy. That's not. Oh, sorry. Just, no. You don't I, see anything. Have you? You've been know, searching that, for the uncut version. No, 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 no. That's a horrible thought. <laughs> I do like those adverts. I, I'm, I'm not a patch on him. Maybe I will go down the route of voiceover work. Point. See if anyone needs anybody boring to speak over something. Aye. Like a kind of online training would be quite good. They're always boring. I'll, I'll look into that. I'll see if I can get myself an agent. Oh dear. So, can, I, can I just uh, tell a joke? I've just seen somebody tweet. Hey, go for it. Go for <laughs> it. Apparently, apparently Rangers boss Alan McCoy is supposed to find £140 for 73 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone. It turns out he'll do anything for three points. Hey! <laughs> I thought that was going to be a good one as well. Oh, it was rubbish, but uh, I just happened to see somebody tweet it. That, that, that probably leads us on nicely to the SFL. Oh, we, yeah. start in the, we start in the third division. Tell you, we're going, to, we're going to be a double act here, Chris. I know, because it's so well, I think. Yep. Aye, we'll start in the third division. Right, we'll start with the... Because I went to the Rangers game, I touched upon it earlier. I, I, mean, I mean, I nearly fell off my seat when you said that. <laughs> so it was... <laughs> So it's Rangers against Clyde, in case you didn't know. Everybody knows they were playing Clyde. Everyone knows that they won 2-0. But rather than talk about the game, there was a, well, there's a couple of things that was good about the game. The number three for Clyde was a, a bit of a standout, quite pacey. Andy Mitchell for Rangers was good. But I wanted to mention Callum Murray, who was the referee. There was some balloons on the park, and no jokes, Chris. There was some <laughs> balloons in the park. Did you say Callum Murray was a referee? <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, they weren't interfering with play. There was maybe one run, I remember, Ian Black, where the, the ball hit off a balloon, but he carried on and maybe put him off slightly, but nothing major. Anyway, there was a, maybe four or five balloons in Alexander's goal, and when it was a goal kick, Murray blew his whistle to say, look, let's sort this out. He pointed to Alexander, says, right, burst them balloons. So Alexander was bursting the balloons and Murray went and picked up a, bal- a stray balloon and for some reason carried it across and laid it at the foot of Clyde's number nine and told him to burst it. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd, it was funny. Is Carl Murray too precious? That, that's it, for some reason he couldn't burst it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, that was the highlight of my day, seeing, that, seeing somebody not able to do it because, well... See it. Just a thought, but see, after the Clyde player burst the balloon, did they give Rangers a penalty? 
No, no, there was no penalty. <laughs> Just <joking. laughs> So, aye, this is. I'm. I don't know. I'm guessing that it's maybe he didn't want to look foolish or, or something. I'm not really sure why he wouldn't want to do it. See, to be fair, there isn't really a non-foolish way to bust the bone. <laughs> aye, aye. So I know somebody who knows a, a linesman who does the SPL. So I got him to give him give him a call just in case there was some kind of secret rule that says referees aren't allowed to burst balloons. But no, there's nothing. There's nothing there. There's no directive to say you're not allowed to do it. So he just made that decision. He just, for some reason, he just didn't want to burst it. <laughs> but the number nine was good at bursting it. I'll give, it to, give him that because he did it in one go. He was, he was quite sure of himself. I, I, I think the funniest thing about this is that was the most important thing to talk about for the Rangers game. <laughs> nah, I don't, I don't want to bore people with ah, you know things. what? That's the thing. To be honest, the, the, the third division's done. The second division's not any better because Cunha South won it weeks ago now. I think the, the, the playoffs were just about done as well. So I don't think there was much else to decide there. I think all the action's been in the, the first division. Yes, yes, where it's looking like Partick are the one that'll be promoted now. Yeah. Uh, thanks to their midweek win against Morton when they won one 0 in front of nine thousand people almost. Yep, that's good. Which to wasn't hear. bad. That was the, apparently that was the biggest attendance in Glasgow that night, which wasn't bad considering Rangers were also playing Winfield at Ibrox. I think it was about eight thousand turned up for that. Yeah, I didn't really fancy that myself. It just didn't really suit. But midweek and not really a glamour tie. No, exactly. So. What's the point? But yeah, I mean, uh, well, thanks to that and their, their, their two-goal turnaround against Airdrie United at the weekend, that's uh, relegated Airdrie United, sadly for them. But uh, Thistle are now just two points from the title because Dunfermline finally won a game and beat Morton. And uh, Thistle's next game comes on Tuesday night against Wraith Rovers at home, so they've got a good chance to win the league. And who would have thought that it might actually be Celtic that win the last of the divisions? <laughs> yes, Yes, well, that could happen on Friday. Could happen Friday, yeah. Yep. But uh, Thistle are going to have a chance to do it on Tuesday, so it might be Celtic last. Yes. And this this was brought up on uh, someone I seen on Twitter a couple of days ago. Uh, this would be the first time that three Glasgow clubs have won uh, the, the divisions because it's never happened before. I checked what through the sort of seventies, eighties, nineties when it was three divisions to see if. Maybe like Celtic and or Celtic Rangers on, and then one one and Thistle one another and Queens Park had one a mm-hmm. third, but never happened. No. So uh, with Rangers already champions and Thistle, they might just clinch it on Tuesday and then Celtic maybe this week week coming weekend it could be three champions in Glasgow in the one season. All right, that's a good. I like I like how you've always got stats at your fingertips, Chris. <laughs> Right. Yeah, like I said, uh, unfortunately that's uh, Airdrie United relegated and they will be relegated thanks to uh, the other action that happened today at Hamden. That's it, yep. Yep, today was uh, a big day. Everyone was glued to their PC screens waiting for a response from Hamden and it was 10 votes to 2. Ross yep. County, well, in fact, I don't even know why I've mentioned Ross County because they are insignificant in this. But Apparently. <laughs> it's some team and St Mirren. Yeah, apparently St Mirren are now public enemy number one as far as the chairman are concerned. Nobody likes them, despite the fact they have uh, suggested that uh, they voted because that's what their fans wanted, as have Ross County. Yes. (laughs) Let's not forget Ross County here because everybody else seems to be going, oh, St Mirren are awful. (laughs) I mean, mean, the Stuart Milne rant is an absolute belter. It's going, oh, I can't believe what's their agenda and all that stuff. 
And I'm thinking back to October when uh, Stuart Milne's basically whinging and moaning about the fact they've used this 11 to 1 to vote down this. And it's, that was why they, they, they didn't change it to 9 3 during the meeting and all sorts of that. But yeah, you think back to October and there was a chance to scrap the 11 1 and replace it with 9 3. And who voted against it? Celtic and, yes, you guessed it, Aberdeen. Yes, yes, I was really surprised when they did that because I. I... I would have thought they'd been waiting for years for that to happen, to have the opportunity where one of the old firm wasn't in the league and being able to change that voting structure. Yeah, and they and didn't. And now and it's cost them. So I don't see what you're wondering. Sorry. Yes, I posted a thing on the forum. I There's a league reconstruction thread on the forum or if you go to St Mirren's site, where on the 8th April they went into detail as to why they would probably be voting no. And it's it's pretty decent. Some of the points that are, they're yeah. thrown up are, are pretty good. I, I also like how they're talking about like why it has to be all or nothing. That kind of thing. It's, that's, that's a big thing big for me. I, I mean, to, to me, the, like, there's certainly a lot of good in what the proposals were. They were talking about yep. distributing the finance, which was good because it was going to help the the, uh, the lower division teams. It's about the first division, effectively. So they were going to get that better. Uh, obviously, the merging of the bodies was going to be good because the less bodies are the better, if you ask me. Uh, it was going to be things like that. I thought. I I even thought the the 12, 12, 18, and then the two twelves becoming three eights was at least an improvement on what we have now because at the moment we've got the you play each other three times and then there's an imbalance because. I mean, Celtic are going to play Motherwell and Motherwell three times, and they're going to Ross County three times as well this season. So, um, the the playing each other twice and then splitting into three eights would work better and would even that out because the, you'd play yeah. again twice. The middle eight seemed really exciting as well. I think yeah. that would become the focus really, especially at the end of the season, because there's a potential that every game is important. Yeah, even I mean, right becomes, to the death. I mean, I've seen, I've certainly I've seen like, I, I follow a couple of Partick Thistle fans on the. Twitter as well, and I've seen them talking about how great it would have been uh, if, uh, even if they just added another playoff place. Well, effectively, the middle eight would become eight playoff places mm-hmm. with the top four being in the top division next season and the, the bottom four being the, the, the middle tier. Which would have been a it would have been an interesting setup at least. I mean, I, I think it would have been an improvement on what we have now. I don't think it's the ideal one because I don't. I think most fans want a bigger top division when it comes down to it. But we've heard so many times that's just not a viable option, and yet. We hear the likes of Stuart Gilmore at St Mirren coming away with, oh, I'm doing this for the fans, and I don't like the 11-to-1 voting system, which is fair enough, but then what you voted for today keeps the 11-to-1 voting system in place. It doesn't like the, the fact that season ticket holders are a bit uncertain of what they're paying for when they, they sell the tickets. Well, you get that now because you don't know whether you're going to be top six or bottom six when you buy your season ticket. Yes, yes. There's Even similarities then, I mean, there, yes. He's not... Th- maybe he needs to think outside the box with that one because what's wrong with selling a season ticket for the first 22 games and then selling another season ticket afterwards? Well, I don't know if you've seen in... Rangers. They, they, they sell a season ticket. They, they call it a season ticket, but it's not really. You get one at the start of the season which does everything and you get a, a half-season ticket and you often get a quarter-season ticket and then they were selling one for the last four games of the season and calling it a season ticket. So, yeah, you, you can do anything you want. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't have split the season ticket sales up. So you could offer a season ticket which covers you for all your, was it 36 games or something you were going to end up playing in this, across the course of the season? So you could sell a season ticket for your 18 home games or you could sell it for your, your first 11 home games and then sell another one for the remaining seven. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Later you, on. You could put your you could put the price up if you're a yeah. a club that's potentially threatened by the middle eight. You could put your price up if you punch above your weight and you finish in the, the top eight and you stay in the top tier. You, your second season ticket package could be dearer, or you could maybe set up a package at the start of the season that says, "Here, take the risk, and you if pay this, and you will be guaranteed the whole season, regardless mm-hmm. of where we end up." And the the club's taking a risk, the fans are taking a risk, but Way up to a good deal. Yeah, there's other I mean, there's things that could be tried. Exactly. There's so many th- options you could have had there, but sadly the vote appears to have totally killed that off. And I think Jim Spence was tweeting earlier there's at least four SPL clubs now think that's reconstruction finished. There's nothing else to talk about. So if that's the case, then nothing's going to be voted on because whatever they vote for, they're going to need an eleven to one. If four of them are saying no, that's that done, then. It's done. One thing, I know there's certainly the rumours of SPL2, but I don't understand how you can come away with SPL2 when SPL have put together a proposal, the SPL clubs have turned up, threw it in the bin, and now you're suggesting they might have an SPL2 which screws over the SFL clubs. Unfortunately, the SFL clubs never had an option here. Unfortunately, the, if there is going to be an SPL2, they're just going to wave money at the SFL clubs, just as the SPL did for the, the clubs that uh, broke away to form yeah, this right, league yeah. and often money talks and there's going to be some clubs that are thinking well I'm not going to be left behind here uh, I'm, I'm going to be chasing this quick buck it's difficult uh, one thing St Mirren said that they that they didn't like is that there was going to be a lockdown for three years yeah, if we I changed agree. which I thought Again, was a bit strange that was another thing. I mean if 12-18 if turns out to be a complete nightmare then you're stuck with it for three seasons Yes. Now, I can understand from a certain perspective. You don't want to say after one season, oh, that was an absolute nightmare because you might have another two seasons where it's brilliant. So you you want to kind of have some period where you stick with it and try it out and see if it actually does work because there might be one, might be one off season where it doesn't really work out all that well. I mean, you can argue that with the, the top six, bottom six. There's some seasons it's rubbish and there's other seasons it yes. works really well. Yes. I mean, certainly the, the, the last gasp win for Dundee United last week was a great end to the, the top six, bottom six fight. You don't always get that. I mean, there was, I think it was last season it was decided with two games to go. Yeah. One thing, if you look at the, the forum, if you look at the league reconstruction thread, which is in the SFL section, there's a guy joined Marco 1984, and he gives his view on the Swiss setup. Now, we've always heard that that's a failed experiment, and obviously that implies that it wasn't successful. It was a, a failure, but he's quite positive about it, and he talks he talks it up. That this approach of having the the league split like this. So it's an interesting read if you if you go in the forum forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and if you go to SFL and it's league reconstruction. But I he he talks it up. I seen another one um, mentioned earlier today. The first I seen it. Is the apparently the Polish league has a top six and bottom six split, but the Polish league is quite interesting and it is a sixteen team league. So what they do is they play each other twice, mm-hmm. so that gives you thirty games, and then they split top eight, bottom eight, so they play another once. That gives you an extra seven games. That gives you thirty seven games this season. So you're almost exactly what you're having now. You've got your bigger league, so you're almost getting exactly what the fans want and what the clubs want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that's a setup we should be looking at. I'd never heard of it until today. No, I hadn't either. It was never mentioned in the because we've always heard of the the Swiss league trying it out. Yeah. 
the argument the, the argument against that one is obviously that if you're playing seven games, you're going to get four at home and three away, and someone's going to get three at home and four away. And all the argument as to that one, well, okay, you give the, the top four, the four home games, and the, that's your reward for being in the top four of the, the eight you're in. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's there's an argument for that, but uh, I can, I can, obviously there'll be somebody who doesn't like it. Yeah, I just want <laughs> it to be happens. simple. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I mean, all I want is you want to give the fans what they want because they're the ones that are paying to see this every week, and they're the ones that, when it comes down to the clubs, are the fans. Yes. And I made, I'm sure I've made this point when I've been talking about our Rangers the same club. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter what the entity is, the fans are the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. Aye, so it's, it's interesting. I'm sure we'll hear more in the, the coming days, but as you touched on there, that there's some saying that's it. It's a dead end. Some saying SPL2 is going to come. I just don't know. Yeah, I think the, the SFL statement after the the SPL's uh, vote today was along the lines of that they hope something can be decided and it's not the end of the the, the wind of change, basically, or the, the hope for change or something along those lines. But, uh, I mean, certainly they'll be feeling a bit aggrieved at the moment because the 12-12-18 was an SPL option, not a, a an SFL option, because the SFL option was 16-10-16, if you want to remember. Yes, and uh, the SPL persuaded them. Yeah. And Longmuir was, was quite clear that it wasn't his preferred option to go down the SPL's proposal, but he decided that it was worth it because he was accepting that there were going to be positives brought in. Yeah. And now the SPL come away and do this. <laughs> I, get, I guess that's kind of where Stuart Mulm was coming from because you're looking at most of the SPL teams are saying this isn't perfect. I mean, I think the Dundee United statement today said oh, something along those lines, but there's things we don't agree with here, but for the greater good of Scottish football, we think the overall package is probably good for all 42 teams. And I think the SFL have obviously been persuaded, like you say, about the 12-12-18, and they were coming around to it, and I know there was one point they were talking about 14 and 14, were saying yes and no, and that was a bit hazy as to whether it was actually true or not, because uh, they kept... Swain this way and that but I think so they've come down to the fact that this has been thrown in the bin by two teams in the top flight yep. so the two teams in the top flight have effectively killed change for 42 teams but you say two teams Chris I wish you'd stop saying that because it was really only St Mirren yeah, yeah clearly it was only St Mirren sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be funny being McGregor at uh, Ross County they go, did we actually vote against that because nobody's <laughs> given us belters for that <laughs> we get away with it oh I'm looking forward to the back pages tomorrow Hope this just St Mirren. St Mirren ruin it for everybody. <laughs> it's just damn you buddies and that kind of, or buddy hell or something. Uh, you're not, you're not our buddy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll move on. I'm sure yep. we'll hear more in the, the coming week and then we'll probably be able to discuss something fresh oh, probably. next week about reconstruction. You know what, I enjoyed the first half of this podcast when we were talking about the, the wonderful Scottish Cup semi-final weekend. I was all positive. Yeah, it was such a great weekend, and then we come back to this. Oh, well, back that's back to the the politics of football again. Yes, yes. But now we're just going to put our, our finger in the air and and take random guesses at scores in the upcoming SPL games. Or that's what I do anyway, Chris. I don't know about you. So I do as well. <laughs> right, so Friday night football live on ESPN, and it's Yay. Dundee United against Motherwell. And as we mentioned earlier, Celtic couldn't could win the league here, right. which I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that they don't because I'm, I'm, I don't like to go on record and and say <laughs> that 
I don't want Celtic winning a league or winning a league, not winning a league or anything like that. But I want Celtic to win the league at home in front of their fans. I want them to be the one that... You want Celtic to win the league, you don't want it handed to them. It's the same, it was the same way. That's... Rangers won the third division title on the boss back for, was it Montrose? Exactly. You, you yeah, want that, to that's win That's slightly it. disappointing. Win it in front of your own fans. You want to win it when they score the, the when the first goal goes in. You want the fans to be getting excited, thinking this could be it. We could be winning the league today. You want it to be three nil at half time. You want it to be a party atmosphere. So yep, I hope Celtic don't win it on Friday, and I hope they do win it at home on Sunday. So back to Friday game. I'm going to go for. It's going to have to be a Motherwell win, isn't it? If I'm Yep. If I'm Anything for... other than a Motherwell win hands Celtic the title. Right, well, I'm going to go 2-1 Motherwell. Uh, I'm hoping it's a good game so that I can sit on Friday night with my feet up and my, my, my alcoholic beverage of choice <laughs> and probably toast the title because I don't honestly see Motherwell winning this game. Motherwell had a great run of form recently and I know uh, Stuart McCall was named manager of the month for March and totally deserved that. A, a great run. Uh, but I think McNamara, since he took over, what I said earlier, United have only lost once in 90 minutes and that was against Celtic. They've only lost twice overall and that was both against Celtic. They're at home. They've had a lot of draws recently, mind you. So I'm going to say this will very probably be a one each draw. Which each, will unfortunately hand the title. Yeah. And I say unfortunately, but I'll be pretty much delighted on Friday night anyway. And it's on it's on ESPN, so uh, ESPN I'll be loving this. Yep. Right. So what did you say the score was again? One each. Each. See, aye, they'll be loving it. There's a lot of people have been saying, Well, why is it on a Friday night? That's not fair. But ESPN they'll be saying, Well, think of the viewers they're gonna get, think of the Celtic fans that are gonna be tuning in. Think of the neutrals that are gonna be tuning in. Because their mother, well, they're not going to win the title, but they're going to want to keep it going as long as they can, so they're going to be going all out to win. Definitely. Right, moving on to Saturday, and there's Kelly against Hearts, and I'm going to go for a 2 0 victory to Hearts. Really? Yep. Kelly no Hearts bogey team. <laughs> like, Hearts always lose to come on, Hearts aren't quite safe for the relegation, but they're just about there. But I think. Uh, I'm going to go come on up victory for 2-1 probably 2-1 okay yeah the last game between the two was in the league anyway was 3-0 Kelly then 1-0 Kelly then 3-1 Kelly then 1-1 then 1-0 Kelly then 0-0 then 2-2 then 2-0 Kelly so aye (laughs) January 2011 Hearts beat Kilmarnock 2-1 there you go two years ago Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I suppose they'll do one. That's what the, the the Hearts argument would be. But it's at Rugby Park, so that makes it a bit more difficult. Yep. And they did get thumped three 0 at Dinkers last time they played them. So yes. And then we've got St Mirren against Dundee. I'm going to go for a a home victory because I, I think St Mirren are better than the the league says. Right. Yeah. Well, here's a problem for Dundee. If they don't win this game, that's them. They're down. So. I'm going to give them the benefit of doubt and say they're going to keep it going for another week and say a 2-1 away win. Well, I'm going 2-1 home. Right, then we're moving on to Sunday and Celtic are at home to Inverness and that's a 12.45 kickoff and it's on Sky Sports 4. A home victory, I think it's going to be a rout because as I said, I think the Motherwell's going to win on Friday and I think Celtic are going to go out and want to win it in style. I'm going to go 4-0. 
Nice. Well, see, I reckon a lot will depend on Friday, I think. Yes, very much so. But I don't think it's going to make much of a burden on the squad that uh, Lennon picks from because I think it's going to be a case of seeing the second string from here on in. He did mention after Sunday's game that he was going to rest a few before the cup final. So I reckon we'll maybe see a second string here. But I reckon the second string we played last time against Inverness 1-3-1 so I'm just going to go with 3-1 again a lot of it does depend on the the Friday night game yeah I think it comes down to Celtic only need a point anyway so even if Mullerwell do win that even if they draw with Inverness or champions mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity to change the squad I don't think you'd be too scared to change the squad because that performance up in Inverness especially the likes of Rogic and Tony Watt and people like that were playing really well so yes and really, there's, there is only one thing left to play for. The, the league is a, a formality and it's the Scottish Cup final and yeah. the players are going to be starting to get a wee bit nervous and if he plays a second string folk like Tony Watt's going to come in and there's the potential that he plays his way into the, the starting 11. Regardless, yeah, he, he names like uh, Hooper or Stokes who would traditionally be ahead of him. The best players, the players who are in form are going to be picked. So then on Sunday there's another game and bizarrely this is a live game on BBC Alba. Oh, good stuff. I don't think I'll see it because I'll probably still be at Celtic Park when the our game finishes and uh, St Johnson kick off. Ah, you keep Maybe. your flair at home. Keep your fla- <laughs> flares at home as well. Damn, I didn't grow up in the 70s. Well, I'm going to be trousers. <laughs> oh, you mean pyros, right? Okay. <laughs> I know. I know I'll, what you're I'll like. behave myself. Fine. You know, you know Terrible reporters. Maybe, maybe a bit of <laughs> clapping. That's that's allowed. Aye, so it's on BBC Alba. And I watched the Ramsden, Harry Ramsden Cup final the other week on Alba and I was starting to warm to it because I was ignoring the commentary and focusing on the game. And I'm So I might watch this. I'm going to go for an away victory 2-1. Um, the good guys. 2-1 to the good guys. <laughs> Who's the good guys? Oh, right, aye, 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 aye. Everyone loves them. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say two each and then we'll move on to Monday night and we'll be recording the podcast next Monday and we'll probably be recording it while the game's taking place either that I or we watch because I reckon it was half seven kickoff. it wasn't eight o'clock so we might get away with delaying the start of the podcast slightly oh yeah you're right half seven on ESPN again yeah ESPN got two this weekend that's good I mean that's that's not bad I mean six SPL games four of them are live in telly uh, done, yep. ESPN have the Friday and the Monday night games Sky have got the, the Celtic Inverness game and BBC Alba have got St Johnson and Oscar, right? So mm-hmm. I, you know, that's all the top six games I, I was considering when Laurie said that he was having a romantic night in with his boyfriend I was considering asking Derek if he was wanting to come on but he tweeted saying that he was working uh, he's doing a commentary and it's an Italian game tonight it's well, nice. I see Juventus I think was in ESPN tonight and then he'll be working next Monday, so we'll need, we'll need to speak to him about the Monday after. We need to get him back before the end of the season. Because yeah, I, I, I don't think there's another Monday night game, but I know there's certainly another Friday night game the following week. So, I might, it might be free that weekend. Aye, we'll ask him, see what, he's, see what he's saying to him. Right, so Hibs against Aberdeen, I really don't know. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. <laughs> Does either of these two care anymore? I mean, I think the only aspect to this is neither of them want to be in the bottom six. They might have a point to prove. 
Uh, Derek McInnes, first game in charge. I suppose that's maybe the, the stick out for us, but so um, let's give him a winning start and say 2 1 because Hibs defending was mentioned for the first half of that game. <laughs> He's full <cut. laughs> Yeah. Right, so that, that's us done the, the SPL predictions. And as far as things I wanted to discuss on the podcast, I think I've covered everything. I wanted to make sure I mentioned Head and Shoulders, Pantene, L'Oreal. Yeah, I didn't mention Vosin, but I have now. But I think that's me for all that. All the important things I wanted to discuss. You're looking for a new sponsor for the podcast? I see tenants haven't got back to me. I've not so you want some free shampoo? So sh- shampoo's the next best <laughs> thing. Yes, well, everyone needs shampoo. Uh, depends how much hair you have. I suppose, yeah. I suppose. There's probably some people need Mr Sheen. That keeps umpteen things clean. So I don't know if heads count. You need to get that shine when you've got a bald head. When or is that just a natural shine? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I've well, I've got a, I've got a full head of hair myself. Oh, <laughs> you know I, that's I, not I, true, Chris. I, I, I've got a full head of hair. I, I'm fat. I've probably got hair all over my body. To be honest, real men grow hair in their chest, things like that. You were taking that to a bit of a, a, a darker side there, Chris. I know, it's I not, it's it not that back. kind of podcast. That's I pulled it back in the last second. I hope so. That's, that's the kind of thing, the podcast you do after this show. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway. <laughs> if people are listening to this and they're not a member of the forum, then get it sorted and sign up at forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and if you do, I'll send you a PM saying hello. The last three PMs I've sent to new members, they've not nobody's replied to me. I'm quite polite as well. I say hello, welcome. Any problems? Get in touch. Welcome. And they don't even say thanks. They don't even say anything. What's that all about, Chris? Do you have an agenda for uh, when you people sign up? Just like you've got an agenda for this podcast. <laughs> it starts with hello. Hello, yes. <laughs> it always ends with a goodbye as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kind of. Right. Do it. Will we end with that goodbye then? <laughs> think we should I get involved in the forum and we'll be back same times same bat time same bat place next week yeah, well, worry isn't here to not get that reference <laughs> well, thanks again Chris thanks for keeping up your end of the bargain Lauren Greg let me down I know shocking Derek let me down as well no dedication for these people working, I, I. right cheers then right cheers bye, bye.